Hello and welcome to Argus Battery Materials First Metal Movers podcast of the year 2023, which is set to be an interesting year for battery materials. Um, and I'm here with senior battery analyst Will Talbot and uh, resident nickel expert Raghav uh, Jane, and they're going to be talking about some of the interesting trends that we're going to see this year in the different battery metals. I'm Tom Kavanagh, editor of Argus Battery Materials, and I think what we should do is start with lithium because what's happened in lithium over the holiday period since the start of the year has been a significant shift in the price narrative. Um, we saw last year record prices in, in both lithium hydroxide and lithium carbonate. And now we've seen a significant drop off from that point. Will, what's happening here? Hi, Tom. And uh, just first off, thank you very much for having me again. In lithium prices that we've seen, it's been, it's, it's been I think, quite rapid, um, more rapid than uh, we were expecting. I think from our end, at least, we were, we've always been, well, I say always for the past couple of months, we've been expecting that uh, lithium would start to decline going into the first quarter of this year, mainly because of an expectation of new capacity coming online and also uh, perhaps because of some demand side disruptions to do with the, the Lunar New Year. But it's happened uh, a bit earlier and it's happened a bit swifter than um, I think we had expected. I, I think, again, this this really kind of solidifies that a lot of the um, drivers of the very high levels that we saw in November and December were ultimately quite transient in nature. You know, the the kind of supply chain disruptions that um, have obviously plagued China during lockdown, the uh, converters going offline during uh, some of the worst winter weather, um, all of those are fairly seasonal, seasonal things. Uh, and I think as we go into the first quarter of this year, and particularly throughout the, the remainder of the year, um, we'll start to see those prices uh, declining even further. I think it's important to note, however, that uh, we probably won't see a return to the prices of, say, two or three years ago. I think you know, lithium has really seen a step change um, in terms of the, the market dynamics, uh, in terms of the supply and demand drivers. The shift towards electrification now will be permanent, uh, and that will continue to support lithium um, well above, let's say, the, the kind of historical level of prices. But we do, we do expect that that lithium carbonate and lithium hydroxide prices uh, coming out of China will uh, go down, I think, sooner rather than later. And uh, and, they, and they should remain at a, a more reasonable level throughout uh, the remainder of this year as, as A, as new mine capacity comes online and also as new converter capacity within China um, expands. And you've already started to see the impact on, on prices of some of that supply um, being baked into to, into prices right now. I mean, we have lithium carbonate SIF China at 64 to $65, um, way off where it was uh, back in November, where it was nearer to 80. Um, and carbonate in China, 475 to 505,000 uh, yen per metric ton. And uh, hydroxide at 490 to 515,000 um, uh, per metric ton. Um, Chinese yuan, and that's uh, that's slightly higher than the carbonate price. I mean, the hydroxide seems to be holding up relatively better than carbonate. Uh, I had a had a conversation with a trader who believes that the reason for that is because uh, carbonate was was sort of over speculated on year um, as prices were going up, and it did reach higher than 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 hydroxide um, at a certain point in the year. I mean, what what projects can you point to this year that that are 
coming online. I could probably mention a couple. Uh, we just saw Core Lithium deliver 15,000 tonnes of concentrate to China, their first shipment this year. Um, we were also expecting a, a result on that Thacker Pass project in the US from, from the US court um, in that dispute between sort of Native American tribal lands and and the uh, and Lithium Americas Corporation. So we'd expect a, a result on that in the next couple of months. Uh, are there any other important projects you could point to yeah so there's a there's a couple of new sites um that look to be coming online in uh, in latin america you've got the uh the catamarca site from Zijin, which is planned to come online this year you've got the uh, continued ramp up at la negra you mentioned the uh the finnish site and uh i think the uh you've also got expansions from the marble joint venture i don't know if you mentioned that those are the ones that spring to my mind um but of course we're, we're always tracking uh new uh, projects that are coming online and we're always very aware of any new feasibility studies that we see um, as adding capacity uh, to our models. Yeah, and I think it'll be interesting to to watch that develop over the year and whether those those um, projects can supply China once it comes inevitably roaring back from from the COVID disruption. Um, now I'd like to move on quickly to nickel. We ended the year with uh, volatility in the nickel market, uh, especially on, on the LME. And I think we may have begun the year in exactly the same vein. Is that right, Raghav? Indeed, yes. Hello, Tom. Hello, Will. Thank you for having me on, first of all. Yes, um, well, the after effects of um, last year's short squeeze linger as far as uh, the nickel market is concerned. I think most market participants agree that the true price of nickel is in the low 20,000, um, so anywhere between 20 and $22,000 per tonne. That's the futures price. But obviously what we've seen um, play out is nickel at 30K, 32K even. Um, it's trending at around about 28,000 dollars per tonne at the moment and since the short squeeze of last year the LME has taken various steps to try and solve the problems um, including closing the contract to Asian hours trading because uh, obviously the, the short squeeze situation emanated from Xinjiang in China the over the counter trades uh, which obviously wasn't the case earlier they've imposed um, price movement limits on the contract so it doesn't jump around but clearly none of them have worked um, and uh, the problem really is the underlying poor liquidity um, speculatives have left the market since the short squeeze. No one essentially wants to be caught short in this market because you build up short positions and you end up in the kind of situation that uh, Tsingshan found themselves in last year. That's what the market believes. So that's artificially inflating the price. I suppose an ancillary factor inflating the price is the tightness in class one nickel availability but class one's now the the smaller um part of the market um stainless steel ingredients like nickel big iron for example make up um you know 50 percent of the market but obviously they are detached from class one's price demand resurgent from the battery sector uh, and that's bound to, to keep supporting prices this year as you know battery producers ev producers um hedge their medium term risk um but short term near term volatility is likely to continue and uh, we talk about detachment in the nickel market um i think one of the the trends that is interesting this year is uh what's happening in indonesia and and some of the projects that are coming online for nickel mat and mhp in in that region i mean could that could that lead to you know, further decoupling of the nickel market from from the traditional pricing mechanisms. Certainly, the way things stand, um, yes. MHP producers, for example, don't at the moment see an alternative to the LME because um, supply isn't 
vast and large enough. That's the common consensus. Um, but as more and more MHP come into question and the use of the contract will come into question, yes, we expect the demand in batteries, for example, this year to rise by 34% uh, on last year to roughly 650,000 tonnes. That's what um, some people forecast a little bit above this figure, some a little bit under this figure, but yeah, 650 kT is, is roughly where the market's um, going to be at. Uh, we've had a lot of MHP and nickel mats start to come online. Uh, we obviously started, um, you know, with uh, PT Halmahera Prasada Ligand and uh, the Hawaii Nickel and Cobalt Project, both of which came online in 2021. This was followed by the PTQMB New Energy MGEMs project that came online um, last year. We've had uh, CNGR's uh, massive um, nickel map plant um, in uh, Morawali, Indonesia, that came online last year, late last year. More of the same, really. CNGR's got their Wida Bay project scheduled to come online this year. Uh, the big um, addition to the MHP market will be a PT Huafe, who's scheduled to bring 120,000 tonnes of nickel in MHP online this year. And you've got a spate of others, um, Huayu and Singshan's PT Huake, who are producing about 45,000 tonnes of nickel in mat. Their plant in Wida Bay is scheduled to come online this year as well. Um, so yes, there's a lot of it coming online. Um, last I checked, um, MHP was pr being priced at around about 70% off of the LME nickel, but no one expressed um, satisfaction or no one is expressing satisfaction with the way things are at the moment. Uh, the fact that um, you know supply is still thin, even though planned projects are surging um, you know, by so sort of 2025, they reckon there'll be over a million tons of um, intermediate product uh, products coming online from Indonesia. Um, so certainly um, that will be a time when they'll have to look for an alternative um, to the LME, I think, um, or indeed the LME will have to come up with a with a separate class two contract. Who knows? Um, there's there's other players in the market. We did a story last week of um, a company called GCH based in London planning a new um, spot nickel index based on their internal trading platform that they're launching in the first quarter of this year. Um, people are talking about the Chinese market moving to um, the Shanghai Futures Exchange as well uh, to try and compensate for the um, decoupling. But uh, yes, uh, the LME is, as things stand cannot serve anyone's purpose except for maybe a small number of class one users and an alternative is needed unless of course the LME resurrects the contract and um, things go back to normal there. It'll be interesting to watch how that develops um, over the next year. Um, I think that that's all we've got time for really today. Uh, I'd love to get into the trends on some of the other battery metals, but maybe that's for a, a future podcast somewhere down the line. Thanks Raghav, thanks Will for coming and um, Argus Battery Materials is now live. Um, if you want to find out more, please visit uh, www.argusmedia.com and uh, look for the Battery Materials publication there. I'm Tom Kavanagh, uh, thanks very much, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you very much. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> <laughs>